21CL Radio. Happy Monday morning to you. You're listening to the Education Vanguard, where we are on a mission. And our mission is to recognize educational leaders and share their knowledge. Today, I've got Brian Lockwood. He's a director of technology at Nanjing International School. Is it possible to really like something, even though you don't know anything about it? If the answer is yes, then that explains how I feel about design thinking and the process that surrounds it. But this show is not about me, it is about the guests that come on the show. One of the advantages of hosting a show like this is the chance to explore new things and learn more about them. In this case, it is design thinking. So I called up Brian Lockwood, and as he is a local expert in the design thinking process. Brian, as the director of technology, uses design thinking regularly to help solve problems. We discuss the details of the process, the types of people who are attracted to it, how students can use it, and how we as teachers and administrators can bring design thinking to our classroom and management decisions. Hint, you can't expect to be right the first time. Enjoy the conversation. Brian Lockwood, thanks so much for joining me on the show this morning. Thank you for uh, welcoming me, and um, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Well, I've actually been trying to get a hold of you for stuff for a while, or I've been wanting to, I should say, and Mm -hmm. I have a lot to learn about design thinking, and so you're one of the local gurus on design thinking, so we wanted to check in with you about that. And just to get started, can you give us sort of an idea what design thinking is all about? Well, it's um, design thinking is another word for the scientific process or Mm -hmm. creative thinking, um, it, it could be also the, the writing process. It's, it's really about coming up with uh, uh, finding a problem, uh, then researching that problem, coming up with uh, ideas or solutions to that problem, um, presenting those type of problems or your solutions to an audience or experts, mm-hmm. getting feedback on that, um, and then improving on that. And, and the cycle could go on forever and ever. And I think a lot of artists sort of face this type of problem where they're, they're commissioned with a project, but they, never, they have a very hard time finishing it. Um, so it, it's a, it's a, and it happens in science and it happens. So that's, that's the nuts of, of uh, design thinking. You, you can apply it to a PBL, project-based learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see a lot of design thinking actually applied to maker spaces. So, okay. Um, yeah. So did it come from like Stanford's D school? Is that the original? No, design thinking has been around. Uh, it's I would call it probably you know if we take if we take the 1900s um, and you talk about the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. and uh, the Industrial Revolution we we were able to make products very quickly and um, duplicate them, but um, to the the field that came out of that that the industrial revolution was actual industrial design, mm-hmm. um, and if you look at the des- industrial design uh, process, they use design thinking to sort of uh, solve the problems of of uh, product design, and you can also look at architecture in the in this type of philosophy. So it goes back, um, you know, if you take architecture, that goes back a thousand years or sure. or more, and and back then it was. Uh, they didn't really have art architects. They had people that were just um, good with their hands and all this kind of stuff. So they didn't have the official word. But if you look at the process, it was design thinking. Okay. So now you mentioned right away that you need to find a problem. So, like, for example, here at my school, Concordia, they're talking about building a, a design space, sort of a maker space. 
Mm-hmm. And does that mean they have a problem they're trying to solve, or is the problem what should we make this thing look like? Well, I would look at the maker spaces. You know, let's take uh, education technology, and um, the computer is the tool, and mm-hmm. uh, what you're going to solve is is that process. And I look at a maker space as being the tool, um, and so as just. You know, you, you take 3D printers, and it can be very tempting to try to solve all the problems with the 3D printer. But a 3D printer is just one one tool, um, and so the makerspace should have like a bunch of different tools out there, so that the students have the opportunity to sort of um, have the freedom to find the solution through those tools. Okay. Well, what what do you what do you find? How do you find most people? I don't know feel when they first start going through the process of design thinking? Uh, are they immediately loving it, or are they, does it take a while to sort of let it grow into you, so to speak? It takes, I think it takes a long time. Um, okay, I, think, uh, I think if we take, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go this by my own personal experience. If you take okay. a student that has always had really what they think are really good ideas, and they think those first ideas are perfect and they don't need improving, I think those are the students who are going to have a difficult time, or adults. Uh, but the students that actually are adults that have an initial idea, but it's not perfect, but are really good at receiving that feedback and then improving on it, those are the students that do really well. Uh, so for me, it took four years to sort of figure that out. You know, uh, I went to design school, and I thought I was a hot shot, and I thought <laughs> I had the best ideas. And I would come up with an idea, and the professor said, well, it's not so good. You need to improve. But it's like, no, it's awesome. I don't uh-huh. need to improve on it. As good as is, yeah. And so like, when my grades came, my grades were like terrible because <laughs> I didn't actually improve on it. And if I look at some of my classmates, they came up with a really crappy idea at the beginning, but they listened to the feedback. And it's sort of looking at that process of all the different stages. Do we see an improvement in that process? And when they came to the final product, it was amazing because they listened to that feedback. So I think it's, it's working through that, that feedback process. And that's the, that's the challenge I see with students um, and, and understanding how that works. Sure. Um, because we'll come to an end of a product design cycle or whatever, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask them, did you test this or did you do that? And they're, and they're only testing it at the last stage. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I think it's, that's the difficult part. So they see the design as when they're finished doing the first iteration, they're done. Yeah. And so if you have that expectation, you're annoyed then when you get feedback, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, I think the students come to the end and they're like, they think they're all done and they think they're at the perfect thing, but we're actually giving feedback that um, they could actually improve it a lot further. So that's, it is, it's that feedback cycle process uh, kind of thing. I think oh, the other problem is trying to find the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that the, back to the why, like why I built it in the first place? Yeah, and, but I think I think people we're all complain about all sorts of things. We're very good at finding problems. We're all very good at sort of looking at life and complaining about things. And those are the problems that 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 are great opportunities to solve. And the challenge is to make people and students recognize those are opportunities to solve problems. So uh, I, I think that's also a challenge. So what drew you to it? Was it? You mentioned you studied it in university. Was that your originally when you went to university? Were you interested in design right out the gate, or did something attract you to it? 
I was looking for a major that sort of combined math and science, which I liked, um, but I also liked art. Um, and so I, would, I was very comfortable with art, but um, I also love math and science. And I had, I had a, an adult actually tell me, why don't you just try industrial design? And I'd never heard of it. And, he, and I looked it up and I found some schools that, that, that had it and I applied and I went to the school in Boston and it was interesting when I was, all my classmates were this, we're like, all have the same problems. So I'm dyslexic. I've got all this ADHD stuff. All my classmates had the exact same thing. And then the other <laughs> thing was that the, I'm always looking at the world with, with, with a lens of their problems to solve. And all mm-hmm. my classmates were exactly the same way. And what was interesting is as when we graduated, some of my classmates, you know, they went into shoe design, they went into automotive design. Some actually went into the IT field just like I did for myself. And I think it's because there's always problems to solve. Um, and that's what attracted me to it. Now, could you, could you uh, I don't know, designate that as a certain, like, you know, we have like growth mindset. Could you des- designate that interest in always wanting to solve something as a wanting to solve something problem mindset? I don't know. Yeah, it, it probably is. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's always an, we're always going to look at the world in a curious way. We're curious mm-hmm. about the world. We're curious about even if it works, um, how do you make it better or how do you solve it? Um, John Rinker is great for that kind of stuff. He, his, his Twitter bio was like uh, something about um, if it's not perfect, tweak it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or, or if it's not broken, tweak it, you know? And other people will say if it's not broken, don't mess with it, you know? Um, right. And... And so there's there's that you, you see it you see it within a, a, all the maker spaces too. If you look at the maker spaces, and if you look at the concept of the maker space, where that came from, it's really a fair showcasing mm-hmm. people's work. That's what a maker space is. But if you look at the process that they got to that stage, it's probably a design thinking process. Do you intentionally you think, or just ended um, up being that? Like you now, you can look back and say. It, they ended up using a process either intentionally or unintentionally that's similar. To it's unintentional design. for okay. sure. And I think uh, what's happening is people call it design thinking, but it, there's, there's the, the process of just uh, uh, finding a problem, solving it and using feedback to, to improve on it is, is design thinking, but it's also a scientific process. It's the writing process. It's a creative process. Um, if you look at uh, the, 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 Lifelong kindergarten group in MIT, they follow mm-hmm. the same process, and they're, but they're applying it to uh, uh, it's a, even though you're an adult, treat life like uh, kindergarten and, and continue learning. Um, so it's, it's everywhere. Um, and everyone has you know, different words for it and, uh, and everything. So the problem is I think design thinking can be over, the word can be overused and then people get kind of sick of it. So what about design thinking? Let's think of it as, as a management tool or administrator tool. So generally, most managers or administrators come out with a decision and say, this is just what we're going to do. And then when people gripe about it or give feedback, then they just get upset. Could we? Yeah, so we've been, we've been we? experimenting with that at and? the school. And? So um, it was, I thought it was great. We had a, two PD sessions two years ago. We had... A session that you and Macintosh came in, and the PD mm. session was if you had, and this is this is the problem was thrown through the whole group is if you had uh, the opportunity to redesign the first five days of school, how would you do it? And so, as teams, we all brainstormed different ideas of what we would do, 
And then uh, this, you know, 2014, we changed the beginning of the school day. I mean, the beginning of the school year. So before the, the, the year, would, we'd start on a Monday um, and start the school year. And so our experts are our teachers, you know, because they're dealing with that issue. And we changed okay. it so that I think Tuesday is the day that we start, but we only start with new students. And then Wednesday, we started with everybody. And mm-hmm. then even next year, next year or two, this summer coming up, we're, we're modifying it slightly. So we're modifying it so that new students start on a Tuesday and grade six students, because grade six students are the, that's the, the that's the LM, you know, that we have PYP going into MYP. So that's elementary going into middle school. That's the first time that they get to be having lockers and this sort of independence. And right. so lockers um, are cool. So, so it's allowing them to be part of that sort of orientation process so that when they start off, it's not this big shock to them. So that was a design thinking activity uh, done okay. at, a, at, a, at a school level. Um, so the, and, and we're also prototyping different ideas. So with, within the early learning program for next year, we have two separate classrooms, and the idea is um, how can we bring them together? And I think, I don't know what the exact design is, but they're trying to make the, the, the wall a bit more porous so that the students can go back and forth between each of the classes. Now, instead of, you know, if we look at uh, other schools, we might do it system-wide right across the whole school. Mm-hmm. But here we're just doing it in one, uh, two classrooms. So we're prototyping the idea. We're trying something out. Um, if it some aspect of it is going to work and some aspect is not going to work. Um, and what we learn from that will help us inform how we can, we can make the rest of the school better. Uh, we also did this with, I would say, with our iPad program. So mm-hmm. next year we're, we're doing a grades one to four, one to one iPad program. And the last two years we've been prototyping in grade one and two. And the whole idea is to learn from that, how we can implement the, the iPad program. So the, the idea of design thinking is not just happening in the classroom. The idea is to implement it through the culture of the school. Um, I use it all the time within my own process. And, and with my own process, is the way I think about it is that nothing is ever completed 100%. So I might, you might get in the mindset is, I've got it. It looks great. But what I try to do is I always try to accept feedback um, with the intention of improving it. And it's, and it's still very hard because um, we can always get set in our ways and try to shut out that feedback and not uh, improve on it. So I, I think that's, 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 that's another challenge of design thinking. Well, how important is Empathy. Uh, for example, we interviewed a guy named John Nash, you may be familiar with, a, a mm-hmm. professor from University, I believe, Kentucky. And mm-hmm. he, he talked about how important empathy was in, in design. Mm-hmm. And, and what's your feeling about empathy in the design process? Yeah, well, that's empathy is, is you got to, if, if you're solving a problem for the, your client, you've got to understand your client. That's super important. So um, the, the other challenge we're looking at is Let's think, how are we going to improve the student's schedule? If the students are complaining or the students are having issues with it too, being too busy, how do you solve that, how do you solve that problem? Right. Well, what, 
what our administration is uh, encouraging uh, people to do is actually follow a student for the day. So, oh, I've heard people what, do that, and it's painful, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing is, what the school does is they make sure that whoever wants to do that has coverage for that time, that whole day. Okay. So they don't have to worry about their classes, and they'll follow a student. And I've talked to different teachers about it, and they say it's exhausting, and it makes that builds empathy, makes you understand uh, what the school day is like for 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 student because mm-hmm. the challenge is when we're teaching we're in our silo and we don't think about what the other subject is teaching but uh, by spending a day being a student you understand very quickly what the student has to deal with so that's probably the best example i can think of right now for uh, empathy exercise all right now we're coming to the end of our time here and i just want to ask mm-hmm. you a, a final question where do you think how much influence do you think design thinking will have in schools specifically over the next five to ten years i know it has influence in your school but will that spread to others do you think um i definitely i mean it i would so like levin i mean when we did when we we're talking about design thinking in 2011 Mm-hmm. Like only a, there was only a few schools. It was basically us and uh, American School in Japan were talking about it. Okay. Um, and then a lot of schools in the United States, but nothing was happening within the international scene. Now everyone's talking about it. Um, so it's, you know, we have to look at that technology, that curve of adoption, and we're at the upswing. And um, at some point, we're going to probably hit the top of that curve. And I don't know when that is, but we're definitely in the upswing because Learning 2.0 is going to be in uh, ISM. And they're, they're doing a lot of design thinking within their curriculum. Um, mm-hmm. And so if, you, if you're there, you'll probably see a lot of it there, too. So, um, do, do, you, do you plan on going there yourself? Yeah, I'm definitely going. Um, okay. I'm looking forward because I haven't been to Learning 2.0 for two years. So it's a nice... It's nice to go back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I've been speaking with Brian Lockwood. He's the director of technology at Nanjing, Nanjing International School. Thanks so much for your time today, Brian. Thanks for having me. This interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com. <laughs>